0: Welcome to Destiny Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Eric Smith. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit destinydayton.com. A few years ago, I know that people were jumping with uh, Chick-fil-A and defending them just because, and it was good they were, because they... You know, they have a, a, a pro-life view, which is the biblical view, by the way. Abortion is wrong. How many know that? It's not okay in any form, any shape. You can't say you're a Christian and be, you know, well, it's okay in certain ca-. No, 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 no. Come on. We, 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 we got to be consistent with the word, not the state religion that's being shoved down our throat today. But I I just found it funny that the people, just because as a pastor, sometimes I know too much, I guess, Brother Dylan. But the people on Facebook who were advocating, oh, go buy 50 sandwiches from from Chick-fil-A because they are pro-life. I'm thinking, brother, you attend a church that's pro-life and you won't give a dime there. I don't understand. Uh, So... (laughs) It's important that we are consistent and, and, and praying and giving our are, are part and parcel. And I, I agree with that. I think sometimes the squeakiest frogs on Facebook uh, sometimes are people that, that you know they they have no right to be because they they, they do neither. And I, I, I appreciate I'm saying that to say I appreciate Brother Dylan what you uh, what you were saying earlier and I I agree wholeheartedly and I believe it applies in in several areas. Today I want to continue this message, a series that we've been in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11 is where we're going to be today. And uh, I don't know if I, I'm just caffeinated more today or fired up on the Holy Spirit, probably a little bit of both, but I am just ready to go today. I'm just, uh, I'm ready to go. Man, praise the Lord. Hebrews 11. I was just counting back. This is the 22nd message that... Uh, Uh, we've delivered on the book of Hebrews since we started the series back in February. So 22 messages strong, and we still have a couple more chapters to go. But I really, I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed this study in Hebrews. I've grown a lot, learned a lot. I hope you have too. If any of you have missed any messages, uh, you can always go back. You can watch them on YouTube. If you can put up with you know, my visage looking at me. Uh, I prefer like listening on, <laughs> on podcasts. We have most of them on podcast, So uh, all of them are on YouTube, I believe, maybe a, a couple exceptions, but many of them are also on podcasts, which is primo for me. I don't know how many of you mow the grass uh, regularly at your house, but nothing like some headphones, some earbuds, and a, and a sermon. And I, I mow, and I could just go, man. It's like the, the two hours of drudgery mowing, uh, goes away, because I'm like, you know, I'm sitting there crying, I'm pushing a mower, and I'm, wiping my eyes. I'm like, come on, jeez. Now, I'm not listening to myself, priest. I mean, listen, no, I never listen to myself, but I'm listening to other other preachers, right? I'll get me some Isaiah Saldivar on there, or Jeremiah Johnson, or, you know, someone like that, or even some, you know, some music that just fires me up in the spirit. So, uh, podcasting, YouTube, they're all available. Here we go, Hebrews 11:32. I've talked enough, time to jump into God's word. Everybody lay your hand on your heart and say this, Jesus, okay, that was good for about six of us, here we go, Jesus, I give you permission to change me from the inside out, transform me, my heart, my mind, my soul, every part of me, I give to you, Jesus, in your name, amen. Amen. Hebrews 11:32. This will be the end of Hebrews 11. So we've this is the I don't know maybe the fifth message we've had on Hebrews 11. It's been super hard to go fast through Hebrews just be, Hebrews 11 because it's so awesome. He, uh, the faith hall of fame. What more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets I love this because little cues and clues like this in the text, uh, you, you know, I know we, we would say this kind of statement today, meaning, you know, there's so much to say, I don't have time to say it. And if, if we are to understand that little statement as that, it's cool to know that the writer of Hebrews was concerned about time. He felt an urgency, right? He wanted to get this message out. Uh, he was urgent about this. He wanted them, and I have a feeling it was on this side of urgency because he was talking to believers. Some of them were faithful. Fading. Some of them were falling away. Some of them were choosing not to serve God. Remember, the, one of the big themes of Hebrews is: uh, uh, don't shrink back, don't fall away, keep believing, keep pressing forward in Jesus. So this little line here accuses to the fact that he perhaps felt a little urgency that I can't tell you all of this. In other words, I've told you enough to spur you on, but time permits, and time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel, and the prophets. Through faith they conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised. Shut the mouth of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength and weakness, became mighty in battle, put foreign armies to flight. Let me pause there welcome everybody that's watching via YouTube today live. I want to encourage you to do two things for me. Number one, comment. Let me know you're watching. Number two, click subscribe on our channel. And if you click the bell, you will be notified when new uh, content comes up on our channel. So we welcome you via YouTube. I encourage you to share that. Copy the link, post it in other social media formats. We want to get the word out. This message today, I believe, is important for everyone to hear. And I'm so glad you've joined us via online. I know this is Labor Day weekend. Lots of people are traveling and gone and whatnot. But this is a great message to share and to check in on. So welcome. God bless you. Back to verse 35. Here we go. And women received, a little commercial right in the middle of that. And women received their dead raised back to life. But others were tortured, not accepting release, to obtain resurrection to a better life. Isn't that amazing you think about that? They could have been released, but they didn't accept it. What kind of man is that? What kind of woman is that? Here you're free to go. No, I'm staying here for the cause of Christ. See, those are verses with, like these these three verses I'm reading right now, you'll never hear a prosperity preacher preach these. You'll never hear it. You'll never hear it. Not accepting release to obtain resurrection to a better life. And others experienced mocking, flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed apart. Well, that'll bless you, right? Murdered by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin. They were destitute, afflicted, ill-treated. And you know what? His little aside here, the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and caves and openings in the earth. That's what I'm saying. You'll never hear a prosperity preacher preach those verses right there. And I want to tell you, by the way, if the gospel doesn't work in the poorest climate in this nation or in this world, it doesn't work anywhere. If you have to have money and be wealthy for the gospel to work, it's not the gospel. If the gospel is, is true, and it is, and it's powerful, and it is, my friend, it must work amongst the poorest of the poor. You go to Amazonia, Amazonian tribe, I'm looking see, I don't know if anyone here was with me when I went to a- the Amazon a few years ago, but uh, we, we uh, encountered some tribes deep in the Amazon, fairly deep, well, deep for me, okay. It wasn't that deep, but it was deep enough, Okay. <laughs> But I, I'm telling you, if the gospel doesn't work in those places, it, it, it's not the gospel. And I, I'm here to report the good news that the gospel does work there. And people are transformed there. And, and uh, God is awesome. And obviously the scripture is, is true. God has chose, chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith. That's in the Bible. Did you know that he chose the poor in this world to be rich in faith? That's cool. All right. And these were all, verse 39, and these were all commended. Everyone say commended. For their faith, yet they did not receive what was promised. What do they mean by that? Well, Jesus had not come yet, right? Jesus is sort of the bow that ties this whole thing up. The Bible, Genesis to Revelation, is all interconnected. It is all one. The Old Testament is one big message, and that's Jesus is coming. That's why the Old Testament is always important to read, study, and embrace, and understand, because clearly the New Testament writers Uh, freely quoted from the old testament paul even said that scripture tells us okay paul wrote in corinthians before right the the new testament circulating. he said scripture tells us that jesus was going to come and die and rise again and the question is where does it say that in the old testament Well, again, the whole trajectory of the Old Testament is there is a Redeemer coming. And that's how they all understood the Old Testament. There is the Son of God, the Messiah, uh, the Son of Man. He is coming, right? So God provided, verse 40, for God had provided something better for us so that they would be made perfect together with us. I love that. I love that. God provided something better Jesus, the sacrifice, so that they would be made perfect with us together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the power of your word. As we look at these last few verses in the book of Hebrews, I pray, God, that faith will rise today. I pray, God, that a strong uh, a strong anointing of the Holy Spirit will rest upon every believer in this place. In the name of Jesus, the enemy of our soul is working double time. He's working overtime, God, to try to get people off the path of the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. But I pray, Lord Jesus, the truth will rise today. I pray the truth will break every chain. I pray every lie would be broken off of everyone in this room and everyone watching this video. And I pray in the name of Jesus that the truth of God's Word will reign supreme. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. God, increase our faith. Raise your hand to the Lord and say, Lord, increase my faith today. Increase my faith today. God, help me to go from casual to radical. Help me to go from lukewarm to on fire today. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Help me to stop worrying about and wondering about other people's testimonies and l- let me go get my own testimony. Let me go get my own stories as I walk out this thing in faith. In the name of Je- I'm thankful for other people's stories. I'm thankful for other people's testimony. They serve a purpose, but God, I want my own stories. I want my own breakthrough. I want to grab the horns of the altar my I want to encounter you myself, not just ride the coattails of mom and dad or grandma or grandpa or cousin Sue or whoever. God, we want to grab the horns of the altar ourselves in the name of Jesus. And I just pray an anointing to break every chain today in in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated, commended. They were commended for their faith. The word commend, it means to formally or officially praise to mention with praise, to to recommend is worthy of notice or confidence. To be commended is a good thing. If somebody says, I want to commend you for something, you, you start to feel you well up a little bit inside. You're like, oh, good, something good's coming because it means something good. If you are being commended, you are being formally or officially praised. You are being pointed out as somebody who got it right and you did something right. So we want to commend you. How cool is it when God commends us for our faith? I don't know about you, but I live to hear the words from the Father someday, well done, my good and faithful servant. Matthew 25, Jesus gives us the parable of the talents and how the master was gone for a a long time where they almost wondered if he was coming back. And when he showed up, the Bible says that he met with each servant and and, and they were weighed and judged by how they had handled their business in the kingdom and and the ones that had done right. He said, well done, my good and faithful servants. These people in Hebrews 11 were people that were being commended for their faith. They had done well. But I want you to understand that Hebrews 11, these people aren't supermen or superwomen. Because sometimes we got the view of people in the Bible, they're way beyond us. But understand, only one of these Bible characters had a virgin birth. The rest of them are flesh and blood like you are. A lot of them had sin problems. They had issues. They had mess-ups. They had mistakes. They did things wrong sometimes. They had wrong thinking. But understand, there was something commendable about them. There was something powerful about the faith that they had. Because in spite of it all, they didn't change doctrine. They didn't bow their knee to another God. They didn't go another direction. They stayed true to Yahweh, and they refused to stop believing. They refused to stop living for God. They refused to give up. That's why they appear in this chapter. They suffered. They had doubts. They all had faith with different results. Some had faith and brought their dead back to life. Others, because of their faith, were tortured and refused to be released. Some, because of their faith, they were able to administer justice. Some, because of their faith, were chained and imprisoned and killed or sawed in two. These people of faith are said to have gone about in sheepskin and goatskin. By the way, that's not designer sheepskin or designer goatskin, right? That's like rough. They were destitute, afflicted, ill-treated. The world was not worthy. And then they wandered in the desert, the mountain, the cave openings, in the earth. And all these, the Bible says, they were commended for their faith. Everyone say commended. Now remember, The theme of Hebrews that no matter what you face, here's the word to Christians, to followers of Christ, do not give up. Do not give up. No matter what it looks like, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your mama starts believing, no matter what your friends start posting, no matter what someone else believes, no matter what someone else changes their theology to be, never stop believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Never stop believing biblical truth. Don't let a liar replace biblical truth with some sort of co-opted lie with a little bit of Jesus in it seeing this happen today and i i I have to call it out as your pastor i have to call out some of this stuff i can't be silent anymore to use the language of the writer of hebrews he says don't shrink back because faith always operates from a victorious mindset even if you'll notice in that passage where it said they refused release so they could have a better resurrection. So literally when they opened the prison doors and said, you can go, brother. They said, no, what? you know what? I'm going to stay here and die for my faith in Jesus because that's going to give me even a better victory when I get to heaven. Even that mindset is a victorious mindset. And faith always operates from a victorious mindset because you see, the moment you adopt, and you know this is true, Some of you know people like this. The moment you adopt a defeated mindset, you are toast. The moment you adopt a defeated mindset, you've given up. You've resigned yourself to failure. On the statements of failure, this always happens to me. Of course, something bad happens. Of course, my luck, my life. This is so prevalent in our culture today, and I want to call that out because you will never receive anything from the Lord with that. The Bible tells us that he who believes must not doubt, otherwise you become like waves of a sea tossed to and fro. And and remember the final statement, let not that man think he'll receive anything from the Lord. My friends, listen, 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 listen. I know, you know you're tempted to look at your phone. or But I, I want to tell you, I, I want you to dial in. At all cost, you must press forward in your faith in Jesus Christ. Don't let anything deter you from the truth of God's word. Don't let anything deter you. No matter what happens, no matter what you see, no matter what happens around you, you have to doggedly hang on to the person of Jesus Christ and the truth of his word at all cost. Don't resign yourself to failure. Because passivity, predestination, or other poor theology can devastate your faith and keep you from getting your deliverance and your victory. Well, you know, we're all predestined. to No. 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 You'll have in life what you pray for, what you have faith to receive. That's, that's what you'll get. That's the victory you'll live in. I'm not saying you'll be wealthy. I'm not saying any of that stuff. But I'm saying what we have is what we believe and what we, what we pray for. That's what the Bible tells us. Jesus Christ was never passive. Jesus didn't teach us to accept things as predestined. He didn't say, we'll take it laying down. That's just the way it is. Everybody fall in line. That wasn't the Jesus of the Bible. He taught us that he could move mountains with our faith. And even if we couldn't move the mountain with our faith, when the mountain crumbles and falls on you, you'll be the one walking through the rubble and stand up and saying, here I am, what's next? So you have to look at your faith. Either I'm, either I'm moving a mountain or the mountain's going to fall on me. But if it falls on me, I'm going to crawl through the rubble and stand on top of this bad boy in about five minutes. You watch and see. That's faith. I want to hear well done from the Lord. I want to hear that. Don't we want to be commended for our faith? You should. You should. Every one of us. These are some things the Lord showed me in my study this week, and I want to share them with you from Hebrews 11, 32 through 40. Number one, here's our first thought. To be commended in our faith, we must never shrink back. We must never go in reverse. If you want commendable faith, don't shrink back. Don't believe the lie that once saved, always saved, brother. That's a lie from the pit of hell. The whole entire book of Hebrews is written from the perspective, written to Christians saying, don't give up, don't quit, don't lose faith. Why would he say that if once saved, always saved? He wouldn't. Because there is such a thing as turning your back on Christ. There is such a thing as, 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 as via your lifestyle or via your belief system. And if your lifestyle doesn't match your belief system, then that's really not your belief system. I've seen people say, well, I believe in Jesus. Then what, what's all this other stuff? <laughs> well, come on. Well, I really don't believe in it. There you go. Now we're being honest. That's why it's so important that we continue to follow and just keep believing. And it's not that we lose our salvation like, oh, where did it go? No, no, no. You don't lose your salvation that way. It can't be lost, but it can be walked away from. It can be let go of. I don't believe that anymore. I I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there. And I'm, that's not me. That's to who I am anymore. That, that said the person who is backslidden. That's why there are 13 chapters here in the book of Hebrews that say, st- Don't turn away. You put your hand to the plow, you believe, you're serving Christ. Don't, don't go back. Don't go in reverse. If you want commendable faith, my friends, listen, we can't shrink back, we can't go in reverse. I was reminded this week, and this is so important because, listen, the devil in hell will throw everything against you to break up your your life, your marriage, your children. He will come at you at any time. You may be on top of it right now. Everything's going good now. But I want to tell you, the and the Bible tells us not to be ignorant of the Satan's devices. Right? Right? I understand Satan's defeated. Yes, absolutely. Thank God, Jesus, has defeated him. He has broken the power of canceled sin. But yet, we see people that are bound. We see people that are defeated. We see people that are under attack. And the reality is, my friend, is that testing and, and trial, that's all part of this. And what we must maintain is our solid faith in Jesus that no matter what the devil throws my way, no matter what he comes after, I am going to serve Jesus Christ no matter what the cost is. I remembered this week as I was studying, we were, we had planted this church a number of years ago, and, and right after that we had gone down after a revival service, I believe, and, and we went from here, and we went to what used to be the Pizza Hut down here in the corner. Now it's some chicken, catfish, bourbon, chicken, catfish. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. anyways, changed names. I don't know. But It was a pizza hut. And we were just talking. We got out of our vehicle, and we were walking in the door, and this random lady walks up to us with this not normal look on her face. She, I, I didn't know her from an atom, all right? You could have put her in a lineup with people I'd seen in the past 27 years, and I said, mm, don't know her. She beelined to us and she goes, This is my city. Stay out of it. I looked at my wife, okay. <laughs> Had an evangel guest evangelist with us. I said, Hey, you see what we're up against. You see, the devil won't always be that forward and forthright with you. Yet he will throw things your way to get you off the track. Why? Because he doesn't want to let hold go of what he has hold of here. That's why you see such demonic reactions to when abortion laws are broken and destroyed. Thank God for Texas. We passed that up in Ohio f- a couple years back. And a, a lady who works at the Capitol building in Columbus, she said, Pastor Eric, you should have seen the people out on the steps protest. She said they were like demons manifesting. And I said, it's because they were. The devil's been trying to kill babies since the beginning of time, and he's still on that. He still, still very much wants to do that. And uh, it, it's far from over. It's far from over. And we got babies protected you know, after their heartbeats, but we got to go all the way back. We, we, we need them protected from conception. Right? I, I just I need you to know that we got to fight the state religion. I'm going to talk about the state religion in a second. I don't want to, I, I hope not to make anyone mad, but I, I got to talk about the state religion. Someone said if you're dropping bombs, you know you're on the right target by how people respond. When they start squealing and squirming, calling names, You're right on the right target. You're right on the heart of it. You see, the Bible cautions us in 2 Corinthians 11. It cautions us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And here's the reason why. Lest Satan should take advantage of us. See, I want to tell you, if we're not going forward, if if we're not pressing forward in Christ, here's what what begins to happen. We're going to lose sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, that puts us in a position where the enemy can take advantage of us. What does he mean by that? We're more open for lies. We're more open for truth mixed with lie. That's the biggest thing, that's the biggest thing going right now is, is to have a little Jesus and a little little deadly poison mixed together. I found a statement of faith that I posted on my Facebook page. And I, I just want to get people's opinion because it, it jumped out at me as, as deadly false. But it said, where you will spend, some, I'm paraphrasing, I, I can't remember that. Where you will spend eternity depends on what you do with Jesus and how you treat your neighbor. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought this was in Christ alone, faith alone, Christ alone. See, someone is trying to slip another message in there. Whenever someone tries to slip in Jesus plus something else, red flags should go up. And what's happening today, people trying to smuggle in social justice as part of the gospel plan, it's demonic. It's demonic. Does God want justice? Absolutely. Let's talk biblical justice. But when you put social in front of it, you change the whole whole word. You put an adjective in front of justice, it's no longer biblical justice. It's something else. And it's becoming the state religion. The Bible tells us as God's people, we must stay on the offensive, resist demonic attacks against our defeated uh, enemy of our soul. Our challenge is to resist the devil while we are fighting the good fight of of faith. So it says in 1 Timothy 6.12, resist the devil while we are fighting the fight of of good faith. So we understand that fighting the fight of faith, my friends, is going to take our not shrinking back, not going in reverse, but instead pressing forward, pressing forward. The admonishment we receive in Hebrews 6.12, barring earlier in the book, it says, so that you may not be sluggish, but be imitators of those who th- who through faith and perseverance inherit the promises. So it, the, the call here is not to be spiritually lazy, but through faith and patience we inherit these promises. These very promises mentioned again here in our text. And I love this, this ending that... Our brothers and sisters in the ancient times only received a portion of the promise. We have received the full measure of Jesus. And because we have the full measure of Jesus, this must change how we view everything. The folks in the Old Testament describe some incredibly different, called circumstances that most of us in this room will likely never face. But being deceived off the path is not always just by brute force. Being deceived, my friends, today is not, hey, we're going to kill you if you serve Jesus. That's happening in other countries. But I want to tell you, it in fact is often far more subtle than that. It's more mocking, more intellectual, shall we say. Yet the devil's goal is still the same. If he can get you and I to be silenced, if he can get you and I to start believing something slightly different, You see, you believe another gospel, you lose the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit only anoints one word, and it's God's word. Not a syncretized, co-opted, forced translation to make it say something it didn't say. Don't shrink back. Don't give up. Keep fighting the fight. Fight the good fight of faith. If he can just get us to believe something a little different, something that has just a little truth yet, yet mixed with poison, that causes us to shrink back because it causes us to be silenced. I heard Brother Larry Sparks in an interview this week. He said something that was very powerful. Larry Sparks is the publisher of, of, um, he's the leader of the Destiny Image Publishing Company, publish charismatic Pentecostal books. He said there is a false prophet on the earth today, and its name is Progressive Christianity. I want to tell you, when you leave biblical truth, you will lose sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And you create another gospel. You create a new religion and we are seeing biblical statements being co-opted that are for lies. And here's, here's an example. God is good. So if God is good, then he must want me to be happy. Therefore, fill in the blanks is okay. No, God wants you to be holy. That's the number one goal. Progressive Christianity leaves out repentance. It leaves out sin. It leaves out the cost of sin. And it's inserted a new gospel. Let, let's all be social justice warriors and we'll get to heaven. That's, just, that, that's, that's the mission statement that basically was saying Jesus and how you treat your neighbor. Now, last I checked, treating your neighbor is very important. But that is a fruit of coming to Jesus and getting to heaven. That's not a requirement to get to heaven. Jesus is my one requirement. Remember, in, in faith alone in Christ alone. But this is being preached as gospel today. God is love. Well, is that true? Well, yeah, God is love. So here, here, w- w- watch this, how they co-opt it. Well, if God is love, then he accepts my sinful lifestyle just as I am. No. Yeah, he loves you. But he loves you enough not to leave you in your sin. He paid a terrible price so you could be free from your sin, not so you could continue wallowing in it. Listen. Anytime scripture is deconstructed in order to fit a cultural narrative, that must be rejected. It must be rejected. But that is the new state, re- new state religion and social justice. And the Christian progressive left—they're trying to co-opt it. I can give you all kinds of examples. I don't have time to get into it, but we saw the, the Black Lives Matter movement last summer. When they said, don't gather, no one gather, everybody, churches aren't, weren't even allowed to gather in some states, right? But nothing was said when the Black Lives Matter group got together. Let them go. Let them go. Now, let me say this, because I, I, there's a high degree of chance someone's going to misunderstand. I believe Black Lives Matter, but let me say it even better, Black Life Matters. If you believe Black Lives Matter, then that starts right here in the womb. starts right here. Also that it covers all black people, not just the ones that are politically expedient that I can go show up and re- it means black police officers that are shot and killed. Right? Come on. Little 3-year-old black girl that was shot in a drive-by shooting. Yeah. Where are they at there? They're not there because you know why? It's a Marxist demonic organization. I've been I've been praying and giving, brother Dylan, so my eyes clear I can I can address these things today. So there were thousands gathered for these protests. But what was happening in Mississippi? Remember Mississippi last summer? Cops came, arrested a pastor, and arrested people in the congregation because they were having church outside, in cars. Oh, you're not allowed to do that. Meanwhile, protests are, why? Because that's the new, social justice is the new state religion. Have you noticed the censorship that is happening today on social media? That's unprecedented. Those of you that are like my age, you're like man, what? that that's not America. They're they're censoring people, and I don't care what you think about them. But the, you know the the Twitter, the, you know Jack Dorsey or whatever his name is, Jack, you know, he took away President Trump's Twitter account, but they allow the Taliban to continue to post their lies. Did you know that? I don't care if you like Trump or not. I'm not here to defend him. They're all a mess up there. But this demonic mess is coming from the left. And I'm no longer going to get up here and say, well, it's both sides. Of that. It's not. Now, listen, you can be a Christian and be a Democrat. I don't believe that. All right, so he said, well, I'm a Democrat. I can't be a Christian." It's not what I'm saying. Chill. You can go to hell and be a conservative. You can go to heaven and be a Democrat, okay? I, I'm not, but I'm talking about a philosophy that is coming from the left side of politics in this country is demonic the blm is a marxist organization the founders are marxist trained in their own words i've read the i've read their stuff by the way they are anti-family they're anti-father in fact they're anti-dads if your dad leading your family they're against that you see, I'm just saying, you know, we have a lot of low information voters today. And I, I, what I don't want is low information Christians. And we buy on and we hear people and we see people taking verses and saying, well, yeah, Jesus is love and Jesus is. And, and, and listen, I want racism ended. I want everything. I want Christians looking at pornography ended. I want all of that stuff. I want it all ended. But the government is not equipped to stop racism. It is through Jesus Christ alone and his blood and a full surrender to him. That is what will break the chains of racism and sin and pornography. And you can fill in the blank with the rest of the broken human condition. It is Christ alone. I had a pastor I, I, I was in a meeting with, and he was really fuddled. He's like, you know, I've been meeting with the leaders of my city, and, and I, I forget what even was the, I don't know if it was a school shooting or, or, or some uh, hate crime that had been happening. And all these, all these city leaders, they were like, you know, we don't know what to do, but we just want this to stop. We want all this to stop. Well, yeah, we all do. We want it to stop, and we just don't have the answer. And if the meeting hadn't have been about fifty people in there, I would have said what I was thinking to him. Pastor so and so, did you tell them that you had the answer? Pastor so-and-so, did you stop and say, I've got the answer, everyone. It's for you to get on your knees to the cross of Christ and surrender your life to Him and let Him break the chains of sin and darkness off of you. He will make you new inside. He will put love for your brother inside of you. He will put love for your fellow man inside of you. He will make you a better neighbor. He will cleanse you. He will make you new. There is nothing in the social justice message, my friend, that can save anyone. In fact, it will only create, and it's creating a state religion. Notice you can't say anything about it. You get called names. Can't stand up to it. A friend of mine attended a BLM rally. He said it was the most bizarre thing I've ever gone. I I was going thinking I was supporting, but he said I, I left thinking, yikes. Had me on my knee with my hand up, kneeled down, chanting this weird stuff. It's like I was joining a cult. I'm telling you what, my friends, and and, and honestly, and, and I, listen, I have no problem with masks. I have no problem with vaccinations. Wear them, get them if you want them. That's wonderful. I'm not going to get a vaccination because my antibody level is high, and I'm <laughs> I, I'm thankful for that. You do what you got to do. It's fine. No shade, nothing. But this mask thing, why? You know why it's politicized? Because it serves the state religion. Christians used to post Bible verses. Now people are posting selfies of themselves in the mask. Look at me being a good citizen. Again, nothing wrong with wearing a mask. Nothing wrong with taking a picture. of you. But why people post it and put it on social media? What, what would be the purpose of that? Other than trying to look like something. We call it virtual, virtue signaling. <laughs> I could go deeper and really make people mad, but I better stop. Maybe next time. <laughs> I said they even got their own false prophet named Dr. Fauci. There he is. He's a very corrupt man. I don't believe that. Oh, go read his emails. I found him yesterday on Google. You can Google search, find the whole trove of that he was quizzed with in Congress. He knew they were working on this virus in the lab in China a year and a half ago. He knew they were. They were taking a a coronavirus and trying to work on, they call it gain of function, which sounds like a really bad idea to me. Let's see how deadly we can make this virus. Now, if you said a year ago that the virus was created in a lab, you were called a conspiracy theorist, an idiot, no one wanted to listen to you. Now people are coming around to the fact, well, it looks like he knew, it looks like I'm bringing all this up because I want you to see the state religion in its full effect. And I, I listen. I, I'm even. I'm hearing evangelical Christians saying things that are bizarre. The Gospel Coalition has gone off the rails. Gone off the rails. Come out with this big diatribe. Well, you you make make sure your family's not an idol, or your marriage is an idol, or your country's not an idol. Or if you if you think you should you know you, uh, you shouldn't tear down the the monument of Abraham Lincoln, then your your country and you'll be a Christian nationalist. <gasps> now, I'm not for being a, a Christian nationalist. But what they are doing is taking the legs and taking the voice out of everyone who wants to protect their family, who wants to protect their marriage, who wants to, say, hey, my wife doesn't want to get her vaccine. She works at the hospital. Oh, you can't say anything. You got to go along with it. You got to go along because you're going to go against the system. You see how this system, it's just it's working together. And it's creating one monolithic view that you're not allowed. And if you differ from it. You're a bad guy. You're a bad person. It's a state religion. We will censor you. We will cancel you. We will marginalize you. You're crazy. Why is that? Have, have everybody seen what I'm seeing today? I guess I don't know. I've lived 55 years, so it's more stark to me. I, I didn't. I didn't grow up 20 years ago. But I've had you know the years of looking at this and thinking I mean, something is changing. Something spiritually is going on, and it's a rise of a state religion. You aren't allowed to speak against it. You get censored. You can't even mention the word "vaccinated" on Facebook. You get, little, you get a little sticker by Instagram or Facebook for the real facts. I'd like to comment under that. Take a flying leap, Facebook. I see them censoring stuff that is are true statements. They just don't like the opinion. I see people taking scripture out of context in order to syncretize real Christianity with the social justice version, and it becomes a false gospel. And what's happening? The state is is today. The system is trying to build a false utopian society where the government is man's answer to every problem. Do this, do that, and we're going to redistribute your money. We're going to redistribute power, but we 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 have to not be able to question it. What is that? That's humanism reborn. God's not a part of this answer. God's not part of this equation. Literally what we're looking at is another Tower of Babel trying to be built. We're our own God. When you hear about Marxism, I know a lot of people tune out, oh, that's what other people say on the other side. No, 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 pay attention to that. These people, by their own admission, are Marxist-trained. And Marxism is an atheistic philosophy that is deadly to your soul. And you know what its big thing is? It wants to stir up people against each other. This is totally demonic. It wants to get between people. You go to black people, don't you hate that white guy? Don't you hate that black guy? Yeah, you guys need to fight. You guys need to. It all started back in the day trying to incite workers against managers and owners. Now it's come into the social arena. We want to cause. When you think, hasn't it, it got worse? <laughs> hasn't the friction gotten worse the last number of years? Have you wondered why that was? It's demonic. Satan wants to stir up people to hate each other and to fight each other. It's crazy. I, you know, I'm an old Star Trek fan, right? I don't know if, you, if any, any, any Trekkies in here from back in the day. Okay, okay, about eight of you will, will recognize this. But th- when I think of today, I think of this demonic spirit. It, it, I'm, <laughs> the episode, right, when, when, was, it, was it the Klingons were on board? And, 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 and Kirk, this is really weird, right? I'm going off the rail here. <laughs> I've already lost it today, so I'm going to go ahead and finish it. They're trying to strike a peace accord with the Klingon nation, right? And and suddenly they there's just people they start getting angry, as they start fighting, and then suddenly somebody realizes they see this hovering like spirit thing in the corner, and it's it's a thing that's in, Anybody remember this episode? Bail me out here. Thank you. One person, two, three, okay. It's it's behind the scenes, inciting the hate. That's what the devil is doing today. See, you can't solve a spiritual problem with man's strategies. You have to have A spiritual power who's greater than the demonic power. That's why his name is Jesus Christ. We must remember that Jesus Christ is man's only hope in salvation, period. Don't shrink back from the truth, my friends. It's Jesus plus nothing else. Not Jesus plus social justice. Not Jesus plus what the government says to do. It is Jesus, period. The trick of Satan since the, since, the day, since the beginning, my friend, is try to replace God's word with others' words. Or here, here's part of it you can still have God's words, but they must be put in their place behind the state because the state has the real answer for societal ills. Church, don't shrink back, don't you dare be silent. Don't you dare have your legs cut out from under you. Don't let anyone silence your voice. Don't let anyone shame you for standing for what you believe. Wear what you want. Let your face be naked. Let your faith be covered. I don't care. But you stand for what you believe. Don't be be shamed out of that. Stand for the truth of Jesus Christ. Don't be shamed for that. It's okay to be proud of your country. It's okay to be proud of our history. Yes, our history has got some ugly sides to it, for sure, for sure. It's still the best nation on the planet, by far. Slavery lasted hundreds of years all over this globe. You know how long slavery officially lasted in America as a nation? 87 years. 87 years too long. But 87 years is hundreds of years shorter than it lasted in Europe. Still going on in Africa. Still going on in China. Where is our social justice warriors speaking up about them? Oh yeah, they're taking a knee and taking China's money for their basketball games. That's right. America is flawed. But it's the greatest country on this planet. Now we don't put country over Jesus ever. Never. I'm a Christian. First and foremost, I'm a follower of Jesus. But don't let somebody shame you for taking a stand for your family, or taking a stand for your wife. They, well, you can't make your kids your idol. Can't make. And, and yeah, there's a place that you know, things can become idle. But I want to tell you, I'm just tired of seeing people they become woke and then they lose everything. They move left, and suddenly they they the, everything of value is gone because your worldview shifts with you when you go there. And it doesn't mean people on the other side aren't, aren't off. They are. But I want to tell you this demonic thing we're talking about is emanating from the left. It just is. It just is. Something else I know, I'm going to go quick here. I didn't mean to preach all that, all that long, but when I read these final verses in Hebrews, it reminds me of something else important, and that that's, is this right here. Never allow your circumstances to dictate your level of faith. Never allow your circumstances to dictate your level of faith. It's just important that we don't shrink back, and we don't get deterred, right? Okay. Now, you may notice from verse 32 to 35, he gives what I would call, you can look at your Bible there, the the testimonial type report of faith, right? These are the the testimonies we want to hear. They conquered. They administered. They gained. They shut. They quenched. They escaped. They became. They put things in their place. You see that? But look at verse 36 through 38. He shares the side of faith that we don't like to talk about. They were flogged. They were mocked. They were chained. They were killed. When everything goes sideways, when it goes bad for me, what then? The answer? Let faith arise. Perhaps the greatest type of faith, my friends. And this was the goal for the writer of Hebrews for his readers. He wasn't trying to get them to do more. He wasn't trying to get them to perform better. Just don't allow whatever you have to face to crush your faith. Hear me. Whatever you're facing, don't allow it to crush your faith. Because we all admire bold, don't we? We admire the ones who stand, usually at great personal cost, against the many who are against them the greatest, most popular movies of all time have always been the ones where they they share the story of someone who stood up for truth, he stood up for right, that she stood up for what was right despite incredible personal cost. And I know, and I feel this in my heart, many of us want that William Wallace moment where we're laying on that stone table and we're still able to yell out freedom at the top of our lungs. We long for that kind of boldness and courage. We can have that in Christ Jesus. We don't sell out, don't sell cheap. We must not allow our giants to scare us out of the faith that God's called us to stand in. And then in verse 39, it says they were commended for their faith, yet they did not receive what was promised. They did not receive what was promised. There's something else I'm going to talk to you about commended faith here real quick. Faith is commended no matter what the outcome is. They didn't receive half of them. They didn't receive what they maybe were hoped for at the beginning. But you know what? They had faith to the end, which tells me faith is commended no matter what the outcome is. See, we think great faith means we cured cancer, raised a dead body, and cleansed somebody from leprosy. And certainly that would be an example of great faith. But also great faith is standing in the midst of a current and not getting swept downstream. Faith is standing strong when everything goes sideways and my faith in God still is is there. Like I said a minute ago, you know, I, maybe I, didn't, I wasn't able to move the mountain, and the mountain fell on me, but I crawled through the rubble and stood on top and planted the flag for the kingdom on top of the rubble. You say, yeah, missed me with that, double." I'm still here. And I love verse 40. God has given us something better, Jesus. So now they are made perfect with us. So Jesus has even perfected the Old Testament saints. Isn't that cool? They're gone. They're dead. They're in heaven. And guess what? When Jesus came, he perfected them also. That's why we're going to see the next chapter, why they are rooting for us not to give up. We'll, We'll get into that, like, next week maybe. Last point, I'm closing, all right? I want you to see this. Faith victories, this is what we need to see here. Faith victories are always shared victories. We have victory in Jesus, so what? The Old Testament saints do too. It still works that way. When someone has a victory, that is our victory also. Have you ever wondered why when you hear a great testimony your faith is built? You hear how God healed someone, how God provided, how God met you somewhere, and something inside of you just explodes, and you think, man, if God can heal them, He can heal me too. If God healed cancer for them, He can heal me too. You ever notice how you hear the stories, and faith is like, oh, and that's because we got to understand that faith victories are shared. Every victory we have in the kingdom is common victory. We can all claim it as something God can do for us. Why? Because God is no respecter of persons. Never think, well, they, they must be really connected to the Lord. No, 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 no. He's no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of persons. The victories that Jesus wins for us are for all of us. And I love that all the Old Testament saints, they're, they're lumped in with us, and we're lumped in with them. We can share in their faith victories. When Daniel closed the lion's mouth, we can share in that victory. When we hear of great stories, the things of God has done, we can share in that and let it build our faith and apply it to where we live today. I want to close with this story. We had such a great victory here recently for my family. Several people in my family, including my own son, suffer from an autoimmune disease called acute mellitus. Most of you will know it. It's called type 1 diabetes. It's a lifelong incurable disease that usually shortens your life. The only way it doesn't shorten your life is you have to g- just go crazy commando, taking care of it, staying on top of it, watching your blood sugar. Some of you understand you you, you have people you're related are to, or maybe, maybe you know someone personally closer that has this. It's not type 2 diabetes. That's that's where you kind of fork and knife your way to that. Type 1 hits you usually in your early 20s, from birth all the way to your early 20s, and essentially your pancreas dies. Your body turns all of its resources. It's, it's really a demonic disease. Your body turns all of its resources against your pancreas. Your pancreas is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to embarrass myself in front of medical people here today, but your pancreas is the part that produces insulin. Insulin is what takes care of the sugar in your body. Your body suddenly, for whatever reason, they, they, this, is, this is the, the devilment. They, they can't figure out why your body would suddenly target your pancreas, but it does. That's why it's autoimmune. Body's turning on itself. And your pancreas dies, it stops producing the necessary thing to keep you alive. In the old days, people just died. In the early 1900s, they start giving people sheep insulin, and that was was how people could extend their life. But before then, you were just sorry about your luck. Thanks to modern medical (laughs) things, you can live a somewhat normal life now, yet it's still a major pain, and it's a major hassle, and it's a major expense. If you have someone in your household that suffers from Type 1 diabetes, you can expect to pay a house payment extra a month to cover all the supplies. Caught my family totally off guard when my son was diagnosed at 12 years old. Here's the bill for his supplies. Uh, Is this a one-time? No, this will be monthly. Well, it turns out it runs a little bit in my family. My wife's cousin, her name's Brittany, Brittany. She has type 1 diabetes also. Her and her husband were youth pastors in New Jersey. They're from Dayton area, moved to New Jersey. Well, you've all maybe heard about, if you haven't, you need to hear about the revival happening in Phoenix, Arizona at Fresh Start Church. i referenced this a few times, Brother Anthony and I, not here today, but we went out there last fall for conference. Julie and I, Jason and Sarah Thompson, maybe some others, are going out this fall again. They felt God call them out there to be a part of that revival because it's so amazing, so powerful what God is doing. One of her very first nights there, the pastors got up and they were saying, you know, we want to declare anything that's dead to come to life tonight. And in Brittany and Faith, she said, you know what, I'm going to declare that my pancreas come to life. And she declared healing over her body. She declared, that just that moment of faith her God, my pancreas is going to live. Well, she is a full-on, pump-wearing, type 1 diabetic. She noticed that her blood sugar began getting really low, which means too much insulin. Eventually led to her taking off her insulin pump which eventually led to her going to her doctor, because if you have type 1 diabetes, going to emergency or the clinic or the doctor monthly is just a regular occurrence in your life. She gets there, and the doctor tests her. And he said, are you sure you're a type 1 diabetic? And she said, oh, yeah, (laughs) I've been one for a long time. Here's my pump. (laughs) He's like, because your pancreas is after the blood test your pancreas is producing insulin again now she waited a year to make this public fully cuz she just wanted to make sure she went and got tested again got checked the doctor on the final report he said this is what he said well either you were misdiagnosed which is impossible. She had insulin pumping (laughs) into her body through her pump through a a port. Or, like some doctors hate to admit it, there was some kind of a miracle here. So, two Sundays ago, she bought a shadow box. She looks a little bit like her Aunt Julie, although Aunt Julie has her beauty surpassed by far. (laughs) But I'm going to show you a picture of this young lady that's Brittany. She made a shadow box, and she put she put her insulin pump in it, along with the doctor reports that said they're not a type 1 diabetic anymore. And believe me, since my son turned 12, 12 years ago, I've been searching the Internet for a healing testimony. I've, he- I've read all kinds of healing testimonies, but I've never fully read one. Where someone with type one diabetes was healed, because this is a, this is a true giant in our land today. And when I read this, I tell you, I got I got so excited. Of course, you know we we we've, we've been in touch and we, we, we we've known about this, but to see her share this publicly, I just thought, yeah, that's it. Her victory is my victory. Her victory is your victory. If God did something like that for Brittany, God can do it for you. If God brought back something that was dead to life, what is dead in your life right now that needs resurrected? What is dead inside of you that you need Jesus to bring? Come on, is it a friendship? Is it a marriage? Is it a sickness? Is it an illness? Is it broken emotions? Is it broken mental thoughts? What is it today? If it's broken, God can heal it. If it's dead, God can bring it to life today. (laughs) Would you stand with me and lift your hands to the Lord? Lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 In fact, I'm just gonna I'm gonna let that picture just stay on the board. Y'all can play some quiet prayer music for me if you would. Oh la 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 Oh so what is dead that needs to be brought back to life for you today come on this is the nature of faith that's commended it's the nature of faith that's commended the victories that god does are victories that are shared oh in jesus name in jesus name and that's how i want to end this time today I know we have all these other points and we talked about not shrinking back and we talked about not letting your circumstances affect your level of faith and and, and that's all so very important. But what I want you to see right now here at the very end is that faith victories are shared victories. And if God did it for someone else, he can do it for you today. And that's what I want to pray right now. Who needs something dead to be brought back to life today? I want you to come to the front. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Something that's dead. Something that's dysfunctional. Something that's broken. I want you to come forward quickly and we're going to ask God to do miracles we're going to ask God to bring things back to life right now we're going to ask God to bring healing we're going to ask God to bring wholeness right now anyone else, something that's broken something that's dysfunctional something that's not right I want to bring it to the Lord because I want to declare today that their victories in faith are going to be my victories today because God did it for them He did it for Brittany He can do it for us He can do it for us He can do it for us. He can do it for us. He can do it for us. He can do it for you. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 God, we declare dead things to live right now. We declare just like the saints of old who got their dead brought back to life. God, we claim that promise right now in the name of Jesus. We ask God that the dead things would be brought back to life. Dead things to life right now. Things that the world has signed off on. Things that someone says, no, it's gone. It's dead. It's over. Not according to the Lord Jesus Christ. God can resurrect. What's dead, he can bring back to life what is deceased, he can breathe life into something that's cold, he can bring healing into something that's broken, he can bring function back into something that is dysfunctional. Come on, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Oh, la di la Oh kala la le di 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 asson da le li di 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 asì Oh la la so ba da ta la le di 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 asì Just declare life right now just put your finger on it Put your sights on it right now. Say, God, I declare life on this thing right now. I declare life right now. I declare resurrection life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Because it, be it shouldn't be any shock, my friend. Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to take everything from you. He wants your kids. He wants your home. He wants your mind. He wants all of you. So we're not. We're going to push back in the name of Jesus. And we're going to stand strong in faith, knowing that the victories that have been had are our victories. Today, and we're we're just we're just grabbing a hold of them today and say, God, he did it there, you do it here in the name of Jesus. We thank you, we thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just praise him, just praise him, just praise him. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. This message and other resources are available at destinydayton.com.